Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hey everyone, I'm Steve. I'm a recovering compulsive gambler and addict. My last date of bet was 5-2-21. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about life after addiction. So in a previous episode, I talked about my recovery methods and what I do to work on, you know, my addiction, my gambling, and how I work past the underlying feelings and thoughts and and what drove me into gambling, all that stuff. But there's also a whole nother life, a whole nother part of recovery and a whole nother part that you need to address. And that's the rest of your life. So in this, I'm just going to talk about what I do and just some ideas I have, you know, life after addiction to me, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're ever fully past your addiction. You know, it just means that you're living your life in a different way. And obviously you're not in active addiction anymore. So to me, life after addiction is trying to find, you know, that happiness in your life. You know, when we were gambling, when we were in our addictions, there wasn't much that brought us or brought me joy and happiness. The things that used to bring me happiness were almost, you know, dulled out or, you know, not, it's tough to say, you know, it's almost, I don't want to say I was numb, but was as if, you know, everything was muffled. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, there's been, like I've talked about before, I'm in recovery for gambling addiction right now. In the past, I, you know, used drugs in the past, you know, whether it be heroin, cocaine, and I've been clean since July 16th of 2009. So I'll talk a little bit about the difference between what I did back then and what I'm doing now. So back then, when I got clean, I just, like I've said in the past, I wanted to put it behind me as fast as possible. I went to Narcotics Anonymous. I worked the steps, but I don't believe I ever truly believed this was a lifelong battle I was going to have to fight. So... I went to my meetings, I did my steps, and outside of that, I got really into my health and fitness, playing music again, but what I've realized this time around is, you know, you can do good things for yourself compulsively also. So in the past, even before I was in recovery for my drug addictions, I'd be very compulsive about my music and my fitness stuff. You know, this time around, I am not thinking about it constantly. I'm not making it my entire life. It's all about balance. So what I did back then was I just immersed myself in both of those things, almost to try and, you know, turn myself around as quickly as possible, I guess, or I'm not really sure. It was just, that's what made me feel good. So I got crazy into my health and fitness. I got crazy into... My, my music playing and everything, you know, just all all in, you know, all or nothing. Um, so this time around, I am into my health and fitness, and I honestly feel and 
feel like I look better than I have since I was in my 20s. And I'm not doing these things in a compulsive way. I work out when I can work out. I go to the gym once a week, typically on Sundays, and I'll bring my son with me as a bonding kind of thing with him and I. Uh, it's really seemed to help him with his anxieties. And it really makes me happy to bring my son there and have that bonding thing, my older son. Um, but in between that time, I just work out at home. I have a pull-up bar. I have a few weights. I don't do anything crazy. You know, I just do my push-ups, my pull-ups, some weight workouts, and that's actually been working very well for me. Uh, and of course, I'm eating as healthy as I have probably since I was in my early 20s, you know, cutting all sugar out for the most part, but I also am not going crazy with it. So in the past, when I would work out or get into my health and fitness, I would cut everything bad out. And you must tend to hit a plateau when you do that, or at least in, for my body, that's how I felt. So this time around, I'm not going so crazy. You know, I uh, go all week and I'll eat healthy. Fridays typically will have pizza as a family. And either Saturday or Sunday, I'll have one dessert, whatever it may be, one thing with sugar. Don't go too crazy. And it seems to be working. I'm not telling myself I have to do this, 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 and this, or I feel like a failure. If I say, have a couple of chips uh, on a time when I said I wasn't going to, I don't go crazy like I used to. I don't beat myself up. I um, do everything I can to stay on track with something that makes me happy. Uh, and it's the same thing with music. In the past, it's all I would think about all day long. I couldn't wait to get home to play my guitar, to write some more songs. And that's, I mean, it's a good thing to have something like that, to have a hobby, to have a passion, something you really enjoy doing, which is something I really think we need to do in recovery. But we also have to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, having addictions like we do, people who are prone to addictions, we can overdo anything, even if it's good for us. So I'm very cognizant of that fact where I don't overdo it. You know, I want to play music when I can. I try to play it a few times a week. You know, I write my songs. And I'm very happy doing these things. It brings me a lot of enjoyment. So that, that brings me to my first point is, aside from your recovery, your life after addiction, you need to find what makes you happy. For like I've said, for me, music and fitness are two big things. You know, you have to decide what that is for you whether it's something artistic, whether it's wanting to build a business, you know, you need to discover what that is for yourself. But a big part of recovery isn't, you know, of course, stopping. That's the main point, you know, stopping gambling or stopping using drugs or stopping drinking or whatever your compulsive behavior is. But once you put the fires out, once you get to a point in recovery, you have to start finding the things that bring you joy in life. You know, you don't want to make recovery your whole identity. It's a great thing to be completely immersed in it, but you have to also have a life outside of it as well. You have to work your recovery on a daily basis. But like I said, you need, you need things that make you happy. Uh, another thing is what I've done and 
What I think is very important is to reconnect with family and friends. And if some of those relationships are, are too broken, then build new and positive relationships, people that we find in our recovery communities. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to reconnect with my family and my friends. You know, I didn't do any irreparable damage, thankfully. Uh, like it said a lot, the opposite of addiction is connection. So we need to find that connection with others. You know, we have to put the work in, but we can't do this alone. So I've done a lot to reconnect, obviously, with my family and friends. A big part is obviously my wife and kids. You know, my, like I've talked about, and if you've listened already, my wife and I have a better relationship than I think we've ever had together. Um, we talk about everything. We're very open about everything. Um, we talk multiple times a day. We have very deep conversations. And we have this connection that's deeper than it's ever been. And that's because of, you know, obviously, like I've talked about the work and recovery, but the desire for that connection, the desire to want to build those relationships back up. And I'm starting to build some of my relationships back up with my friends. You know, it's hard to do when you're a working adult and you have a family to take care of, but you know, you need, you need to connect with other people, your old friends. And if you can't do that, then build new relationships with the people you find in recovery. I've found so many wonderful people in this, in this community that I've become very friendly with. You know, I speak with on a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis. And the connection that you develop in recovery and afterwards, well, not really afterwards, we're always in this, but that's a really important part is building positive friendships and relationships. And like I said, rediscover, uh, another thing is rediscovering old passions or finding a new one. So like I spoke about already, my two big ones are music and fitness, you know, and like I said, find something that makes you happy, find something you're passionate about, find something you can get enjoyment out of that doesn't require, you know, gambling or using drugs, something like artistic expression. For me, that's a big thing. Um, writing songs, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, I typically will write the guitar parts first and then write the lyrics afterwards. And I've, pretty much finished putting a song together today and there's nothing like it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the best thing in the world, but it's one of the most wonderful things I've ever experienced. When I write a song, the music, the lyrics, they all come together. It's a wonderful feeling. And, you know, I would play my guitar while I was in active addictions but like I've said, it, it's almost like it's dulled out. You can't hear it. You can't enjoy it fully. And now I really, really can enjoy my music again. And that's, that's, that's very important to me. Another thing to do is rebuild your relationships. 
you know, Kelly and I have really done a lot to build our relationship back up. And we've really dove into our recovery, but we also do everything we can to build on our love and our compassion and our understanding of each other. Another relationship I feel like I'm rebuilding in is with my children. You know, not that man, I've always had a great relationship with my boys. I've been very close. But over the last year or so, when I was playing daily fantasy sports on a very regular basis, whether it be daily or weekly, you know, I would be with my kids, but I wouldn't be there. You know, like a lot of us have talked about, we may be there, but we're not present. We're not present with our family. We're not present with our children. We're not present with the people in our lives. Our mind is elsewhere. So now when I'm home with my children, I can sit down and play with them. And, you know, my son, my son, uh, my older son, we've set up a drum set for him. You know, I'm really excited to get him into music, just like I love music. But, you know, we sit down, we play like seven and three-year-olds play, and I can be there for them. I can be a better father to them. You know, I'm not sitting on my phone constantly. I'm not checking scores constantly. I'm not checking to see if someone scored a touchdown or hit a three or whatever, you know, seeing if my fantasy scores are going up or down, and then dealing with the emotions that go around that. Uh, another thing that you have to be, you know, very cognizant of in your life after addiction is what may trigger you. I'm very fortunate in the fact that since I've stopped, I've had no urges. I've had no desire to go back to gambling, but I know there are a lot of people that, that do have these urges uh, and, and triggers. And for me, what I do to be vigilant is I've just cut all sports out of my life. I know for some people, sports wasn't their thing or sports is too big of a thing to cut out of their life. You know, I really enjoyed sports for most of my life. You know, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but it's the day before Thanksgiving. And I cannot remember the last time on Thanksgiving I did not watch all the football games. And this year, I'm not going to be watching any. I haven't watched any sports at all since I have come into recovery and since I stopped gambling. Because if you've listened to this, you know that daily fantasy sports was my gambling addiction. So I can't watch sports. I remember speaking to my wife a few months back when I believe football started back up. I was making a delivery and the customer was checking the order in. And I remember just glancing up at a TV and seeing the stats go across the, the bottom line of ESPN and seeing, you know, for example, say it was 100 yards, one touchdown. You know, my mind at that point, even though I hadn't been gambling, I had no desire to gambling. My first thought when I saw that was, oh, well, the 100 yards is... 10 points, the touchdown to six points. And if he's on DraftKings, that's an extra three points for the 100 yard game. So, right there, I know, even though I've got no desire to gamble, I've got no desire at this point, I just know that watching sports, looking at stats, is just not good for me. You know, I'm not triggered by it, but it's just something I know I need to stay away from because that was the first thought that came into my mind. 
So be very aware of these things. Uh, I also know I can't ever play fantasy sports again. You know, for me, I understand that that's one of the mistakes I made between my first and second times. Like I talked about, there were two separate times I played fantasy sports. And after the first time, I didn't stop playing my year-long leagues with my friend. You know, my best friend and I, we have this league that we we were part of for years. And at that point, I should have just shut everything down. But by playing that, it left the door open, you know, for me seeing fantasy and, and stats and all this every day. And eventually the next year, it wasn't the only reason, but because I had been part of it, it could have been one of the reasons why I ended up relapsing. So I know I can never play fantasy sports again, just like I will never drink again either. Drinking was something I never had an issue with. It was always the least, I don't know, addictive substance to me. I never really liked alcohol. I would drink and I would get drunk because that's what everybody did when we were teenagers and early 20s. And mainly I would do it when I would, you know, I, I would drink more when I would say use Coke or whatever. Um, but I know for me, I can't drink anymore because same thing with drugs. I got clean, stopped. And when I started again, I started just drinking. I went away to college. I'd been clean for well over a year. And I was 21 at the time. And I was all straight edge. And that was my thing. And my identity. And now I'm away at college. And I'm 21. I'm staying in a dorm. And I'm literally the only one that's not drinking. And I made it a few weeks, I believe. But I finally just said to myself, hey, what's the big deal if I have a couple of drinks sometimes? And I was able to drink a few times. And for a while, that's all I did. I would just drink. But as time went on, after about a year, I started a little bit with Coke here and there. And then dabbling in pills. And then one thing led to another. And then I'm right back into using heroin, which was the thing I had gotten clean from when I was 20 years old. So I realized, you know, even if I was just to play free fantasy again, it would only be a matter of time before I'd be back to daily fantasy and I'd be back in the misery of a gambling addiction. Just like I know I can never drink again because once I drink, it may only be a matter of time. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but for me, it's not worth the risk. So you have to assess those things on your own. What can you do and what can't you do? Some people who've had addictions to, say, alcohol or to another drug can just, say, smoke marijuana. But I would say that's kind of dangerous, at least in my case, because I know where it's led for me. For me, it's just one to the next to the next to the next till I'm back to my main problem, which destroys my life. So I'm very cognizant of the things I can and can't do. For me also, you know, recovery is very important to me, but I don't make it my identity. Uh, I listened to the All In 
podcast, the All In Addicted Gamblers podcast recently, and Brian had a guest on. I believe she was from John Hopkins. And she started speaking about when she talks to the people that she treats, that she doesn't call them addicts. She just says they are people that have an addiction and they have much more to their identity. And I really like the way she put that. You know, I don't personally have a problem with the word addict. To me, it doesn't mean it's my identity, but I really like the way she said that. So, for example, I'm Steve. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I am a hard worker. I'm a musician. I'm a fitness enthusiast. And I've had problems with addiction, and I'm in recovery for that. You know, so right there, it kind of separates it a little. Not that it separates it, but it's more of an encompassing thing where it doesn't make it your identity. So for me, I, that's just, it's a big part of my life, but it's I've also learned that recovery could become an addiction too. I've seen it with other people where it just becomes their entire life. And if that's what they need, then to not gamble or to not use drugs, then that is better than the other option, for sure. But for me, I, I believe there needs to be balance in life. So, you know, just going over again, things for your life after addiction. Find what makes you happy. Reconnect with family and friends. Build new and positive relationships. Rediscover old passions or find a new one. Rebuild your relationships. These are all important aspects to our life after addiction. Like I said, it doesn't ever end. You know, to me, one another thing I've learned is this is a lifelong thing. And by saying that, that doesn't mean that you're always going to have to do therapy every week and do meetings every single day. It's It's different for everyone. Everyone's got a different timeline and realize that just because I'm where I am in six and a half months doesn't mean that you're going to be there in six and a half months or you may be further along. It's different for everyone. You know, we all have different situations. We all have different family situations. Some of us are single. Some of us are married. Some of us are in our 20s. Some of us are in our 60s, 70s. It's different for everyone. Um, So for me, I... Just think it's important to continue building on your recovery and your life after addiction. So with that, I will just quickly say anyone who is a sports gambler, please uh, please be careful tomorrow. It is obviously a big sports day. Everyone is watching football. Everyone's talking about football. So, you know, shut the TV off. Put on something different. Spend time with your family and enjoy being around your family, knowing you're doing the right thing, knowing you're not in your addiction anymore. And do what you have to do every day to not relapse. Have a good life. We all can have a good life. We never have to do these things again. So... With that, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you soon. Here's where to get help. 
you can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-1671.